Hey girl, hey! And welcome to the Self Love Fix Podcast, where we get relatable, we share tea, and we support each other on this journey of self-love, self-worth, personal development, self-esteem, and self-care. Because why wait until it's too late to start becoming the best version of ourselves? Let's start today. And I'm your host, Beatrice. So let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Self Love Fix podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice. How are you today? Happy Thursday. If you are new here, welcome to the Sunflower community and welcome to the Self Love Fix podcast. So first things first, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the feedback that I got on last week's episode on racism, trauma, and spirituality. A lot of you were talking about how you learned a lot of things and that it was really helpful for you, especially last week. And it was really nice reading um, your messages. I also wanted to say shout out to Sarah who sent me um, or mailed me a card. Um, I saw that. So thank you. Um, So yeah, Sarah, you know who you are. And that green calcite uh, card within the card was pretty cool because I love crystals. You know, we love crystals over here. So (laughs) thank you so much for that. So last week, um, I realized I didn't mention uh, the book of the month, which I usually do at the top of the month. And so this month, it's actually going to be the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. If you don't know who Bell Hooks is, she is an African-American uh, feminist and professor. She has written a lot of feminist works. And I know um, this isn't a political podcast by any means, but, you know, I think issues of politics do sometimes spill into our inner child healing our the way we view ourselves the way we love ourselves the way we operate in a relationship i think inevitably and uh, without even knowing it it spills into that but my favorite thing about bell hooks approach is that she takes a very uh, intersectional approach meaning she thinks about um you know, women that come from all different backgrounds and is very inclusive in that way, especially in the, and and you know what also is so great about Bell Hooks is she gives a very fresh perspective and fresh look into um, feminism in this book. Um, Actually, the book isn't about feminism, you guys, the book is about love, but um, she integrates issues of feminism, issues of, you know, how in relationships there's expectations. People sometimes have expectations about the role of women, the role of men and things like that. And she talks about where that comes from. Um, and she talks about why it's so important to kind of have a very, uh, equal look into relationships and to kind of do away with that old timey, you know, this is what women are supposed to do. This is what men are supposed to do. There's the relationships don't look like that anymore. And, um, she also offers a spiritual perspective too, which is so refreshing and a psychological perspective to what is love? What does love look like in relationships today? So if you're looking for a way to tie all that in, I think that's a really great book. She makes amazing books, but all about love is like staple. 
my last point about the book um i really like how she isn't doing a lot of finger pointing i don't see any finger pointing in the book instead she kind of gives you facts <laughs> from history and then she integrates her own perspective and integrates what she's learned and ugh, i love that I, it's very refreshing okay so this week I really wanted to get into self-care in the context of emotional labor um, because, and if you follow me over at the self-love fix on Instagram, you've probably seen the post I posted earlier this week about um, emotional labor. And I really wanted to expand on the topic. Uh, so if you don't know what emotional labor is, emotional labor is a term coined by sociologist Arlie Hosschild. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, and it's a term that uh, the way I like to look at it is it's a way that we offer our emotional capacity in a way that actually ends up um, being to our detriment. So it's like we are helping other people emotionally regulate and um, soothing their emotional wounds or emotional needs at our expense. It's like we do it in order to keep them happy as opposed to doing it because we like to or we have the space to or we have the ability to. It's more so depending on our environment, um, which is basically codependency in a nutshell. If you know anything about being codependent, that's, or um, having had a narcissistic parent, you are so used to this. This is basically what you've been almost taught to do is to labor for other people and to be an emotional regulation system for everybody but yourself. And so with the current events and with the climate that is, I think it's really important for us to insert self-care if we haven't already into our daily routines as a way of um, combating this emotional labor because you might find that you have to participate in emotional labor even if you don't want to but because you don't have options uh, currently and what I mean by that is say you're in a job or um, in a working situation, I know we're still in the middle of a virus. Sometimes I, for, again, I forget because I still go to work every day because I work in healthcare. But um, whether you work from home or uh, work in person, you might find that you are constantly doing this in a sense of, and you know, because this is something very important to mention um, in regards to race, even you might find that you are holding off on how you really feel and putting a smile on your face, even if you don't want to smile because you feel responsible for regulating other people's emotions, or you feel like if you show any of your emotions, especially in the workplace, I know it can be hard because we're at work to work, but you know, if you're not feeling very well, and you're finding yourself having to slap a smile on your face or um, act like nothing is wrong when you might hear some chitter chatter in the office or from your coworkers. Uh, that might feel like, or it really is, emotional labor. And to be honest, sometimes it's not safe and it's not ideal to talk about um, these kind of things at work because it might cause you more distress or if, especially if people are not seeing you or seeing what you have to say and that's why i'm emphasizing this self-care piece um there needs to be an outlet whether it is that meditation whether it is that 10 minutes to yourself you know maybe sitting in silence or journaling or something if, if we're not having this release especially when we're participating in this emotional labor then we're finding that we we're drained of energy maybe even 
and depressed because we're suppressing um, our own needs in favor of other people's needs. And this extends to other places too. Again, going back to the codependency, because you know that's what this podcast is all about, um, the inner child healing, uh, healing those wounds in order to help us learn to love ourselves um, or as a means of helping us learn to love ourselves you may find yourself doing things for your family or being places um for your family that you don't want to be in or spaces you don't want to be in um in favor of how they feel it's like you are doing things because you know it'll make them happy and if you don't do them they'll be upset or sad and then it affects your mood and so you're regulating your mood based on um how other people are feeling which is again textbook codependency but also it's emotional labor that's something um that can get lost in the sauce i think with this topic of codependency we're so used to naming um things as being um like traits of codependency that we forget um what exactly some of the things look like what it is what they are and yeah it's a form of emotional labor it's unfortunately losing um or not losing but neglecting parts of ourselves and neglecting our own needs um to favor others and again the reason that so many of us do this is because we have learned somewhere along the way specifically growing up that our sense of being okay and our sense of self um and and our sense of happiness is dependent on something outside of us now don't get me wrong external events can always kind of throw us off or you know can contribute to not feeling so great i mean we're seeing it now live and in action as we have been for many years but especially now it's heightened um or i shouldn't even say it's heightened i should say it's just broadcasted right um whether we're talking about issues of race, whether we're talking about the coronavirus, you know, all these kind of things, you know, sure, external events can kind of make us, can throw us off our um, path um, and kind of make us not feel so great or have moments because we're human, right? So we have moments where we don't feel our greatest or moments when we feel sad or hurt or all those kind of things. But uh, the thing is, when we're codependent now, it's that we're always we're always thrown off we're always um having to be have having our emotional regulation be um reflective of our environment it's that we're always doing that as opposed to when we get to a healthier place that we're sometimes thrown off do you see what i mean that's a concept i really really want to push um because i don't ever want anybody especially listening to this podcast to think that um, as you're going on this inner child healing journey that you're going to get to a place of always being okay everything's perfect everything's great like even in me i have days like i was just saying where i have i am sometimes thrown off but my goal is always to help you to learn um to move from a place of i'm always having to look to the outside for my regulation my emotional regulation or my sense of being okay my sense of self to um you know looking inward so that the majority of the time you're looking inward and the majority of the time your sense of self is um 
based upon you or rather that your set point, your home base is that you are looking to you um, for your sense of self and sense of peace so that you're not living in this sort of survival state mode that you had to live in when you were a child, but instead living in a mode where you're thriving for lack of better words. I don't think I, I coined that. That came from the complex PTSD book from Surviving to Thriving. I have to give credit to credit to where it's due so that was at pete walker who uh, came up with that book that's something i think uh, in this like the codependency narcissistic recovery um community that gets thrown around a lot is the going from surviving to thriving so yeah i really invite you to ask yourself where have i been emotionally laboring for lack of better words you know have i been sticking around in conversations like um with maybe coworkers or with acquaintances and or even you know what before this whole virus thing when you uh went on dates maybe or met people did, did you or do you ever find yourself um entertaining conversations you in your mind know you don't want to entertain like you're sitting there like why are these people talking to me about this I, why don't they see that I am irritated and I don't want to talk about this, right? So we do this thing where we think it in our mind, right? But we don't actually do something about it because we're afraid. We're afraid to speak up. Uh, we feel like maybe we might be rejected or maybe we might make the, ultimately, we're afraid that we might make that other person upset if we say, hey, you know, I, you know, it's been great. <laughs> it's been great talking to you, but I have to do X, Y, and Z or, you know, i you know, I'm really good off that topic. I don't actually want to talk about this. We're so afraid. We're so afraid because we think we're responsible for how other people feel. We feel like, again, that emotional labor, like we have to labor for other people. And they don't call it emotional labor for nothing. That's why you feel exhausted after talking to people when you don't want to talk um, to them or talk about a certain topic or why you feel exhausted when you have to do something for your grandma or your aunt or your mom and or dad that you don't really want to do but you're doing it to make them feel happy it's because this is labor it's taking your energy and that's something we talk about on here too right is energy like where you're expending your energy and how your energy can become so depleted if you're doing things for other people because you want to keep them happy and not because um it's in your interest and Maybe you feel like you have to do this emotional labor because you feel like it's selfish to speak up for yourself and selfish to um, not continue on with conversations you don't want to continue on with or rude. You might think it's feel like it's rude or feel like it's rude or selfish if you don't help your family member when you literally don't have the capacity to. So you um, or even, oh my gosh, another one is like um, maybe people might be in your family might be asking you for financial assistance and you don't have, um, even though that's not exactly emotional labor, it still affects you emotionally because you're, um, put, you feel like you're put in a corner and you're just like, okay, if my mom or my dad or my aunt or grandma is asking me for money, I mean, I'm, I kind of owe this to them, right? Because they took care of me, da, da, da. Like you feel like you have to do something to make them happy because of, something they may have done for you in the past. I've heard that before. I've had some friends say that before that they, um, and then they feel like their energy is depleted. They feel kind of like um, upset because 
you, what's going on is like you're doing something for somebody else uh regrettably like, this is not something you want to do and so what's happening now is your parent or your aunt or whoever is receiving the your hard work hard-earned money and i'm not saying anything bad about your family by the way i'm totally not this is i'm talking about in the case that you don't have the bandwidth to give them money or you just simply don't want to because you have that option you don't want to maybe you have your own things you want to save for or spend on but anyway going back into it it's like now they're happy and dandy because they have um the money that they asked you for and you're sitting there like upset angry because you didn't want to do this you're just doing this because you think that's what makes you a good daughter family member you know etc and so that's also a form of emotional labor because that's going to affect you emotionally, right? Um, I think ultimately what it boils down to is the question always remains, what are they going to think of me? Like, that's probably what you're thinking. It's like, if I say no, if I say, you know what, I won't be able to give you X amount of dollars. You know what, I won't be able to show up um, to this place or that place. You know what, I actually won't be able to help you build that piece of furniture. You f- you're worried. All these things are running through your head. They're going to think I'm selfish. They're going to think I'm lazy. And you know what? It's probably, and not even probably, it is all of those things that you have been told when you were growing up. You know, when you, um, maybe you grew up with parents that had expectations. They had expectations without even voicing them. They just expected you. That's super common um, for children of, you know, first generation children of immigrants. Um, There's this thing of, you should know what I want. You should know um, to help me without even me asking you. You should know, you should know, you should know, etc. Like they almost groom you for doing things, not because you want to, but because you should be tuned into the environment and you should be doing things based Based on how other people are looking, the kind of faces they're making, their body language. You've been groomed, seriously, to be tuned into this kind of thing. And so your reaction is based on what you um, experienced growing up, which is maybe if you didn't, you weren't tuned in to what they wanted or you didn't do the things that they wanted when you were younger, you would get, oh, you're being lazy. You don't pay attention. You're not responsible, that kind of thing. And so now it's running through your head. when it comes to you genuinely not having the bandwidth or not wanting to do something but in reality that's their stuff like if they want to sit here and call you lazy or call you irresponsible or selfish that's them that's their perception straight up like literally that's how they're seeing the world that's how they're seeing you ask yourself how do i see this is it selfish to me or is it that i literally don't want to do this So it's up to them. We get this message so often that we have to put other people before ourselves or respect certain people or respect people of a certain age that we throw out our own needs out of the window um, in the name of that. And I don't think that makes sense because who's going to, how, how can you pour from an empty cup? Who's going to suffer? It's going to be you. You're overworking yourself, overproducing yourself. You know what happens when you do that? You get anxiety. You might have a breakdown. You're human. You're not a machine. You can't do everything for anybody. I mean, everybody. And you can't be everything for everybody. So um, I think this is why I, I push taking care of yourself so much is because if you don't do it for you, who's going to do it for you? And that's something you might not have gotten taught to you. Um, and it's maybe even new to you. And honestly, if you don't have the tools in your toolbox for knowing how to take care of yourself or even knowing that you should take care of yourself, don't even feel bad about it. 
Um, this is a learning process. I think it's so important to just start with one thing, um, whether it's a boundary, whether it's just telling someone, you know, telling that coworker at work, you know, I actually really would like to have read this book during lunch. You know, if they're kind of chatting away, that happens to me. Oh my gosh. And I love to talk. I'm, I'm pretty extroverted, but sometimes during lunch, I really want to read a book because I really don't have any other time. And so it must be the Aquarius in me, the type five Enneagram in me too. But, um, no, I, I sometimes have to tell people that it's like, you know what? I really want to get to this book and see how simple that is. It's like, you're not saying, um, pointing fingers or using the word you, which might cause people to get defensive. You're just saying what you want. You're just like, I really want to finish this book. And that gives that message to that person. So maybe it's a um, boundary, a softer boundary that you want to start with like that. Or maybe it's um, taking a moment every day or like 10 minutes every day to do some meditation to help you stay grounded within yourself. Meditation helps us to um, put the focus back on ourselves, put the awareness back in our, on ourselves so that we're less likely to look to the outer world for our emotional regulation. I think whatever small step works for you, that's going to take you a long way and move you away from this emotional labor system that so many of us who experience codependency um, deal with. And I just wanted to emphasize small steps because sometimes we think we have to have it all together or we're just going to magically be really good at boundaries or magically be really good at asserting ourselves. It doesn't work that way. This is years. How, how many years did it take you to get here? Anytime you feel like uh, being hard on yourself, ask yourself, how many years did it take you to get here to this point where you um, are having all these patterns and uh, like programs even of how to interact with the world? It took you quite a few years not saying it's going to take you that much time to get to a healthier place but when you look at it that way then you have more compassion so i hope this was helpful for you this week and i hope that if you haven't already checked out my no more codependent thought patterns masterclass, where we really go over a lot of these thought patterns that we have and a lot of the struggles we ha the barriers that we have to really showing up for ourselves and loving ourselves I hope that you check that out on my website, BeatriceKamau.com, or check the description box um, below. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode, and I can't wait to catch you same time, same place next week.